0: Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey,
1: but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson, and joining us today for our Eastern Conference Finals Preview. Our friend, Mr. George Richards. George, how are we doing tonight?
0: Well, good evening, everybody. What's going on? Um, not much, George. Just the last time we talked and uh, did a
2: podcast together, we were burying the <laughs> Panther season for like the third time in like the four the last four times you were on the show.
0: And we were having a yeah. Look we at us now. Funeral, we're having a funeral with chicken wings, if I remember right, and here, <laughs> at the
2: infield yeah. bar and
1: grill. Man, we really gotta stop burying the team. I think we
2: should keep burying them because it keeps working. Every time we bury them, they go on a winning streak.
0: Everybody you know gives me grief. Everybody gives me grief, right? Everybody's been saying, oh ah! they were down three to one. They just lost six two at home. I mean They were three come to one on. lifeless. Yeah. Like
1: lifeless. Oh, yes. I stand by everything we've ever said.
0: Yeah. So good for them. Good on the Panthers. They came back, and the heck, what? Hey, this has been unbelievable. Let's not kid ourselves. But uh, they've looked dead in the water a few times, and have uh, they've risen from the ashes like uh, yeah. what do they call it? A, te- a Tempe, a Phoenix. I believe Phoenix. I believe no. I think it's Tempe. I think it's I, Tempe. I think
3: it is. I just got. I just got back from <laughs> that took to me a second. Oh but that's a God, great that's joke. A joke.
0: Oh shit! That, that that took me a few minutes. That's a good one, George.
3: This is going to dwarf my. I just got back from a week in Europe. Did I miss anything, Joe? Oh boy,
1: yeah, TJ. I almost introduced you as a guest. That would have been
2: funny. <laughs> but, TJ, uh,
3: did you
2: did you take a boat over on all of the tears from the Toronto Maple Leafs media and fans fr- back from Europe?
3: Uh, unfortunately, it's not enough to sustain the full trip. So I, I don't think
2: do you're. I think you're wrong on that
0: because there's been a lot of tears. Yeah. I still had to find my way to Iceland
3: in order to get back on the, on the tiers.
1: I still think one of the best uh, one of the best tweets I've seen in the last three days uh, was actually Paul Bisonet, who who today tweeted that he's so excited to cover the Eastern Conference Finals uh, because it's two teams that are so good and with such interesting stories. I'm just imagining how hard. How how white knuckled he was typing that up?
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs>
1: but but we're not really here to talk about uh, to talk about round two or Paul Uh We're here to talk about round three, um, which is What's something that? that we have not been able to say as Panthers fans since 1996. Certainly, nothing we've ever been able to say on this podcast. Uh, uncharted territory. Uh, which frankly should be the title of this episode at this point. Uh the Panthers heading into the Eastern Conference Finals against the Carolina Hurricanes, who clinched their spot the just the day before, uh just the day before the Panthers did. It's it's gonna be a really interesting series. I mean, the when you really pound for pound line these teams up against one another, it looks pretty even on paper.
2: Oh, for sure. Especially with the injuries that Carolina has. Uh, I mean, yep. they're going to get two of a Teravine back for this series. Who knows how healthy that wrist is, but he's going to be back. But, like, this is a pretty even matchup. This is by far the most even matchup the Panthers have had so far in these playoffs. But in the sense that the other two teams they played
3: were much better? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Uh, I don't know if the Hurricanes are worse than the Maple Leafs. Bruins were the best team in the league. Toronto, I mean, say what you want about their repeated playoff failures, which I don't really think is what happened here, that they just choked or anything. I just think that's a its a good team, but they're not, you know, so good that like, oh, that team not getting to the third round of the playoffs is this massive shock. It's like they, they probably... Are like the seventh or eighth best team in the league. This is right around where they should have gone on, out. I mean, we talked about it. They were bad against Tampa. They were bad.
0: I think uh, if you guys remember right, a lot of people, when remember when we were talking about the Panthers have won, you know, four straight, what back when they were trying to make the playoffs, I think a lot of people were saying, well, who do you want to play? Who do you want to play in that first round? I think a lot of people said Carolina, right? Because yeah. of the injuries. That was the team. Um, that folks, you know, were like, well, yeah, yeah, let's take our chances there. And you look at what Carolina did in the playoffs. Um, I thought they were a much better team than, than the Islanders going in. Uh, the injuries were obviously a wild card there, but the way they finished the year, they beat the Panthers in Sunrise 6-4. to um, That won them the Metropolitan Division. Had Florida won that game, the first round would have been Florida and Carolina. Um, who knows what, what happens, you know, uh, because New Jersey won, they would have won the Metro. Um, so it would have been, Oh, I'm sorry. It would have been Jersey, wouldn't it? It would have been Florida, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Florida, so, Jersey. yeah my, 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 my bad. Uh, it would have been Florida, and New Jersey. Um, if, if New Jersey had lost in Carolina, the Panthers had beaten Carolina and New Jersey had lost Carolina would have kept it. That's what I was thinking in my head. Anyway, it's been a long couple <laughs> weeks, a long month, regardless, people would, you know, this is, a, this is a very good series. I, I think that, uh, like I was going back to, I thought that Carolina was better than the Islanders in round one going into it. I thought round two was going to be very even, with especially the way the Devils played against uh, the New York Rangers. And, and Carolina, you know, took care of them pretty handily. So um, this is going to be a, goal, a game or a, a series where I think that goals are going to be hard to come by. And the Panthers are used to playing that style, right? That's that's how it's been. The five games they played against Toronto, four of them were one goal games, and only game one was a two goal game. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't and it didn't feel like a two goal game. I mean, that one was was edge of edge of your seat the entire time. So, um, Florida Florida's tight. I mean, and and even Paul Maurice said he goes, I, I watch other games and you see. These, you know, wild back and forths, and oh my gosh, it's one nothing it's 2-1, it's 3. You haven't seen that in in the Panther series.
1: Yeah.
3: If you know anything about the Carolina team, you know that they love to dump it in and get it on the four check. And that's really been the Panthers' bread and butter this postseason. I mean, they've, they've done some other good things. You know, some of the transition scoring that people say doesn't happen in the playoffs, they've been able to utilize to their advantage. But really, it's been turning pucks over in the opponent's defensive zone, their own offensive zone, and turning them into good opportunities right away. Caroline likes to play the same one, So I think it's going to be very interesting to see these coaches jump into their own heads and think to themselves, how would I stop my own strategy? because that's basically what they're going to have to do. Their own strategy is going to be very similar to the strategy the other team is trying to implement.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to point, you know, I I think that Carolina, yes, has been playing that style longer than Florida has, uh, I think. But Florida has really picked up on it, and we've talked about it all year. This is what Florida wanted to do um, during the season. It just took them a while to figure it out. Um, but they have figured it out that four check's been awesome and like and like you said the 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 turnovers and all that good stuff that panthers the last three games they they really you know Toronto was much better with the puck. I think early in the series, Florida really took advantage of that. but I think feel yeah. like the last maybe two or three games um, Florida wasn't able to capitalize on that as much. I think this you know this series, I mean what's it come down to? I think goalies.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting because it, I'm not sure it's specifically going to come down to goal. It's certainly going to come down to Sergey Bobrovsky. Right. Uh, but Carolina plays a much steadier defense. I think the Hurricanes roster-wise have the best defense that the Panthers will, will have gone up against uh, in this postseason. That Carolina defense is, and for years now, has been the epitome of the modern shutdown defense. They Absolutely. they are so fantastic at preventing shots. Uh, Carolina has been uh, been one of the best possession teams in the league for years, and yeah. are constantly constantly allow some of the fewest shot attempts in the league. And so they don't they don't. Freddie Anderson's not going to have to work as hard as Sergey Bobrovsky will.
2: Yeah, if you look, um, Bob's played 10 games, and his, his XG against is something like 36, which is an average of 3.6 a game. And um, Freddie Anderson's played six games, and his XG is something like 13.9, which is just over two a game. So Carolina's been suppressing shots. I mean, again, they also didn't have to play Boston and Toronto. They played New Jersey and Islanders. Islanders are not a high-powered offense. New Jersey is a high-powered offense, but that's also a team that was really young. First playoff run, like, and the moment was a little bit too big for that team. But Carolina's defense is really good. Their system is really good. There was a graphic shown as the playoffs were starting where it's like the things that Carolina wants to be good at, like puck possession, uh, dump and chase retrievals, shot suppression, they're top three in the league at. The things they don't care about, they're like 32nd in the league at. So it's this is a team that knows exactly how they want to play and they enforce their will on their opponents and make you play their style.
1: Yeah. And if, if we take a look at the larger sample size of the, of the regular season, just for the sake of not having to say, Oh, well, they didn't play Boston or Toronto in these playoffs. Uh, I I'm looking at their, at their shot attempts numbers per 60 minutes at five on five. So standardized for ice time, uh, not only does Carolina have the best Corsi 4 percentage in the league in this regular season at 60.3. First of all, to have a team Corsi 4 percentage above 60% over a full regular season, that's insane on its own. Uh, but when you then look at even further, they have the lowest Corsi against per 60 minutes by 5 they, they only allowed 44.49 4. shot attempts against per 60 minutes uh, at 5-on-5. Five five. The next lowest is Calgary at 49.4. Uh, and they also have the highest Corsi 4 per 60 minutes. So not only do they have the best percentage, they are literally just outright on, on a base shot attempts level the best team, the best possession team in the league. Yeah.
3: And you know that honestly might work against – Because I feel like the shot volume wasn't the impressive part of his performance against the Leafs. And generally, when Bob has a very strong showing, it's because he stopped 10 or 11 high danger chances, not because he stopped 45 medium danger chances. You know, this might be a lazy thing to say that you can say about any goalie in the league. Alex can tell me if I'm wrong that this maybe is more... Uniquely suited to Bob Barofsky than than other goalies, but it seems like his weakness is that he'll just let in a lower or medium danger chance, not necessarily that he has a weak high danger save percentage. So maybe Carolina thinks, okay, if we throw 55, you know, shot attempts on net and 20 of them get blocked or whatever. Uh, maybe one of them will just squeak by Bobrovsky because he's just not that good at stopping every single low-medium-danger shot. Alex, does that make sense?
2: It does. Regular season Bobrovsky, playoff Bobrovsky has been stopping everything, and he's given up one bad goal so far in these playoffs, and that was that tying goal to Nylander where he was just out of position. But, like, if we get the bob we saw in rounds one and two, you cannot play that way against Bob. You're going to have to hope you get some juicy rebounds, but he's not giving up the softy and he's making the high danger saves. Like he's, he's the best goalie in the playoffs right now. And it's not really close.
0: Yeah. It looks like a lot of the shots. Yeah. Like you said, the Nyquist goal, he would love to have back that game time goal in game five. Nylander. Um, Nylander What'd I say? I don't know. I don't Nylander. know what I said. Gustav Ny-
2: and then- you were thinking your Columbus blue jacket days.
0: Yeah. 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 Nyquist. Yeah, That's my guy. Um, no, um, Nylander, that was a very you know, driving in, he would have liked to stop him, but one of the goals he gives up is, you know, goes off Nick Cousins shin. There's been some deflections. Um, the goal that, that wasn't a goal gets jammed in. I mean, he's been stopping everything. Um, and like you said, he has been the best goalie in these playoffs. I mean, he, you yeah. know, you look at the game five, I mean, game four, he wasn't very good, but he wasn't bad either. That game got out of hand in the third, he ends up giving up five goals. Um, I believe he gave up what three in the third when, when, when Florida was chasing and just kind of abandoned him. Um, but game five, oh my gosh, he willed that team to a win in game five against Boston and, um, Was adequate enough in Game Six. We talked about that. Well, I didn't talk to you you guys. That's right. But he gave up what five goals uh, in Game Six against Boston here in Sunrise. Four Mm -hmm. of those weren't. Four of those he didn't have a, a chance on. I mean, you know, those were just you know breakdowns in front of the net and things of that sort. So yeah, I think I think Bob, if if Bob can continue this, um. You know he needs to get off to a hot start because he, you know, this thing's go, this series is going to go every other day. That's what Bob likes. Bob likes just going and going and going. Doesn't need that much rest. I'm wondering if this week off is actually beneficial to Bob. I don't know at his age it could be, but
3: I don't know. Uh, I think that we'll get to that later. Just uh, some foreshadowing.
1: Just to Ooh. just to cap that piece of this off, uh, Sergey Borowski has the fourth highest high danger save percentage of the remaining goalies. What, in the regular
3: season or in the playoffs? In in the postseason. Huh? Really?
1: Yes. Uh, Number one is
3: Aiden Hill. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Numbers two and three are Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson. Ooh. And number four is Sergei Bobrovsky.
0: It's going to be a fun series, boys. I'm telling you, it's going to be yeah this is this is a, a lot of people you, know, you guys know living here in south florida everybody thinks that the panthers are going to the cup final because they beat boston and toronto and this carolina team is legit and they ain't no joke
2: yeah oh, absolutely i mean this is the you know in terms of the odds this is the best odds the panthers have gotten to win the series but it's not going to be a surprise at all if the panthers come out on the short end of the series even, you know, five or six. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. Carolina is that good.
0: And, you know, I mean, where- it's a, yeah, you look at the odds. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost a coin flip, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... So I, I can definitely see the Panthers winning this. I can definitely see the Panthers losing it. So yeah, there's yeah, your the, analysis.
2: Yeah, this isn't a, <laughs> you know, Montreal miracle run where it's like, all right, yeah, well, right, the, the, right. the hardest part is behind us, and now it's an easy road ahead of us. No, it's still hard. There's a reason the Eastern Conference was overwhelmingly the best conference in the NHL this year. Like, it's not easy.
1: You don't get into the playoffs with 92 points if there wasn't some extremely stiff competition around you. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, um, but the Eastern Conference was losing a lot to the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So the wildcard teams had lower point totals. That's that's how that works.
0: No, the Panthers didn't do that good against the West, though. So I mean, yeah,
2: well, that's part of the reason why the Panthers ended up in the position they were. Right. They didn't do good against the West. They had they dropped points at so many different opportunities, you know, against teams they had no business losing. But now they're playing well, and you're seeing the true potential of this team. I mean, you're also getting a benefit of Bob just being really good. <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs> George is uh, learning how to use green screen and uh, is having fun with a Flanagan's cup. And if you listen to our <laughs> podcast, you know, Flanagan's cup are, cups are green and just seeing the joy on George's face is just, just going is, in and out with the cup. Is It's the most <laughs> distracting, but hilarious thing. I'm sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> TV I, magic boys. I I do. I do want to circle back to, uh, to close out a point. Um, uh, that I was or at least give some context uh is the better way to frame it. Uh back when I was talking about Carolina's possession numbers, I want to give some context for where the Panthers sat uh in those numbers cuz the Panthers had a very good year in terms of uh in terms of shot attempts as well. They finished 3rd in the league in Corsi 4 percentage uh with a healthy 50 54.3. Uh they were 3rd in the league in shot attempts for per 60 minutes uh only only about two two shot attempts per 60 behind carolina uh and here's the big difference carolina being first in both shot attempts for and against the panthers uh allowed the 13th fewest shot attempts against
3: which is respectable hmm. still
1: yeah it's 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 still playoff worthy but the going up against the team that was one and one as the team that was three and 13. Yeah. The Panthers are going to be very reliant on Sergey Bobrovsky.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that sticks with me, this is not really analysis as much as just like a peek into my brain. I look back at that Carolina series and yes, they did win game five in overtime. But if you go back through that series, game one, Five to one Carolina win. Game two, six to one Carolina win. Game four, six to one Carolina win. These are not coin flips. This is a team that had a goal differential. Oh, let me do the quick math here: nine minus four is five. They had a goal differential of plus eleven in their last series. That's really high for five games. That's a, that's really high.
0: It's very impressive. Absolutely.
3: So they're they're really on a roll right now, and that that doesn't really mean anything if you, you know, evaluate, like, if that's indicative of, of future success, but it's hard to ignore, you know?
1: Uh During this regular season, the Panthers and Hurricanes matched up against each other three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those three games, the Panthers were on the short end of the shot attempt stick by a measure of 117 to 150. Uh Ooh. And at five on five, uh the Panthers scored four goals to Carolina's five. Uh, if you expand that to all situations, uh, the goals change to seven, four, ten against. Uh, so the Panthers lost the season series to Carolina in terms of uh, in terms of some important metrics. Uh, one thing that I think we can be optimistic about is these playoff Panthers are a much different team than the Panthers we saw in the regular season.
0: I mean, I mean, even going back to that final regular season game, um, the Panthers really didn't come to play for two periods, right? I mean, yeah. no, we, we were all sitting there going, guys, you know, you, you can avoid Boston here. And it seemed like they woke up in the third period, but they, you know, they didn't really, you know, they had already clinched a playoff spot and it looked like it. And uh, so I don't even know how much credence you give to that game. Carolina definitely wanted to win that game. I think Florida did too at the end. I mean, you saw a lot of intensity there in the yep. third period, but oh, totally. know, I don't even I I don't even put a lot of weight into that one. much less you know one in December because we know what the Panthers were then. Um and you know, I think Spencer Knight shut him out in November, so
1: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's Matthew true. Kachuk was suspended in that game. Right, Matthew Kachuk <laughs> did not right, he did not play in that game, right. A well-deserved suspension. So that was so there off you the go. West Coast the, the, the Panthers are 0-2 against the Hurricanes with Matthew Kachuk. So you might as well just throw the towel in right now because I guarantee he will not be scratched for any of these games. Read about so it over. this week in Florida hockey now. It's it's very sad, actually. Uh I was looking forward to game five, but it turns out it won't be happening. <laughs> let me let me uh let me bring something else up here. So yeah, sure. Ryan Lomberg is back at practice. The uh the no contact jersey has been shed. And much like Tevuterovainen on the Carolina side, seems like he's going to be back into the Panthers lineup uh, for this series. So I, it, there's no question that they're just going to put Lombard back into the lineup, right? They're not going to be like, you, oh, who, we, we had a good thing going.
0: Who do you, who do you, who do you take out? Now, that's the, that's the thing. Colin White. He's not going. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, of course. You're not gonna take you, but you're gonna put him back on the fourth line. I mean, yep. you're not gonna you're not gonna replace Luce Sryanen on the third, which oh, is yeah. mm-hmm. where that, that's where Ryan Lomberg had been playing. You put him with Stall. I think Zach Dolphy's been fine, but he only plays five or six minutes. Um, yeah, I think Colin White is probably the guy um, that you, that you look at because I think they really like Zach Dolphy. I think he's had a lot of he's had some scoring chances, but they really really like Colin White. Um, I don't know we'll see I mean yeah, maybe I they mean- just keep maybe they maybe they just run it back and they go with what they've got for game one and see what happens but I, I don't know because they they didn't mix things up yesterday yesterday uh, Monday Monday was the day that they were running lines and they didn't have Lomberg. they had him on the, uh, the the goofy second line with Kachuk and Bennett out
1: I, I, yeah, with Kachuk and Bennett just doing workouts in lieu of participating in practice, though, I think that gave some leeway for Lomberg, uh, to play up in the practice lines. But I, I just, I can't imagine they leave Lomberg on the bench. He's, he's so important to the team when he's in.
2: And he's so much better suited for a fourth line role. Yeah. Like he struggled this year in a third line role because he's just not a third he's line. He's not player. a third liner, right. But a fourth line role, like in for Colin White or in for Zach Dalby, like, you know, eight to ten minutes of chaos, that's exactly where you want Ryan Lomberg.
1: I have I have a very important question. Uh, where in the lineup was Ryan Lomberg playing when he scored a game winning overtime goal in the playoffs against Tampa? Fourth line. Hmm. Weird how that works. Uh I, I do see an argument for for Dalby getting getting the boot. Also, uh, yes, he scored one of the most important goals in the history of this franchise. Uh, but outside of that, he like you said, George, he's only played a couple minutes a night. He's been fine. Uh, but I I think there there could also be a case of thank you for your service. Here's the door.
3: I mean, you can make the argument that nobody on the line, the fourth line, has been fine. In, in the last series, That's, they've been yeah. <laughs> outscored four to nothing. And every single member of that line has a, a Corsi under 41%. Uh, White has the worst individual, you know, on ice statistics. So I guess I shouldn't say individual because it's it's on ice stuff. But at the same time, uh, according to a, a JFresh tweet from the other day, I just closed it. What am I doing here? But he was... He was third on the team in terms of scoring chances contributed per minute, and the other three guys that might be on that fourth line, including Lomberg, So I guess this is the whole playoffs. So this isn't just the second round. Uh, they're they're in the bottom three in terms of scoring chances contributed. So it it seems like he has a little bit more to offer. I guess that the argument could be made that like you know his skill set doesn't really like equip. For a fourth line role. Like if you were looking for somebody on the fourth line right now to step up and play in the top nine on the wing, I would probably say that he's the best suited to do that of the four guys in question. But you could I could I could see an argument for like he's not he doesn't have really a fourth line skill set. So maybe you should put somebody out there with the fourth line skill set. But at the same time, Zach is just not an NHL player. We know this. Like Colin White. Probably an NHL player, which is the nicest thing I'll say about him. But, (laughs) you know, he's an NHL player. So I I don't know if you want to, you know, think too hard about it and just play the NHL player and not the AHL player. You know, that's my personal opinion.
1: One one thing I do want to say in defense of the fourth line last series, uh, and there really isn't much, but in terms of their raw possession numbers, Uh, To contextualize that relative to the Toronto series, uh, outside of the goalies, uh, the two players that Eric Stahl spent the most time on the ice against are Morgan Riley and Austin Matthews. Yeah, of course, the fourth line is going to get their ass kicked when they're getting targeted to play against Austin Matthews. Like.
2: Obviously, yeah. that's yeah. Happen. Sheldon Keefe was chasing that matchup the entire series. Like anytime the fourth, especially in Toronto, anytime the fourth line jumped over the boards, even defensive zone draws, the top line was coming out. Um, I even remember a couple of shifts where the fourth line would start in, in Florida, where the fourth line would start the shift, and then basically, as soon as the puck went out of the zone, even if it had been a five second shift, the first line for Toronto was coming on the ice. Like, yeah, they were chasing that matchup.
1: So no, the fourth line was not good against the Toronto series, but there is contextual there are contextual reasons as to why that was the case. Not to say that Carolina won't try the same thing. But you'd be uh, foolish not to. Right. Uh, but I do think that it's it's important to put that into into that context uh when discussing who might Ryan Lomberg replace. Uh mm. I mean, we know it's not gonna be Eric Stall. George, how would you feel? Uh, I don't know if there's any credence to this, but what about if the Panthers decided to to shoot for uh, an 11-7 setup? Is there is there any any chance we see that with like a Lucas Carlson coming into lineup?
0: I uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you saw Toronto do it in what three yeah. of the five games, um, and and that does kind of spread things out. If you're only using your fourth line so much. Um, it it does spread out the, the minutes, and you know, especially on the road, uh, I, I I wouldn't have a problem with it. You you know, you've got a, a defenseman in in Carlson who can create some offensive numbers, who can move the puck well, who is not a lot of defensive liability at all. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I honestly think it's the preferable
2: method in the playoffs, especially when you're a team who doesn't play your fourth line, what do you, would you rather have a guy playing five minutes a night or a defenseman that, like you said, like a Lucas Carlson, where if you end up in a situation where a defenseman goes down, you still have six. If a defenseman's in the box, you still have six. Like you have so much more flexibility with that extra defenseman in the lineup rather than, you know, a fourth liner who's going to play five minutes a night and you're not putting him out on special teams. Like, I think seven defensemen is the preferable lineup in the playoffs, where you're double shifting your top guys and your fourth line is basically reduced to uh, here's an offensive zone draw. Don't screw it up. All right.
1: Yeah, I I think there's some some method behind that madness. If uh, I I don't think we'll see game one at least. I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Paul Maurice has any real intent on dramatically shifting the lineup that much swapping lomberg in for white or or Dolpy is one thing uh, but I, I think that's probably too dramatic a shift for game one I would really like to see it
3: though yeah I I have I think that you know the talent on this team just dictates that and I also think there's totally a scenario with like I was talking about earlier the hurricanes are such the, an aggressive forechecking team and Mark Stahl is just old and his brain doesn't go as quickly as the other guys on the Panthers blue line's brains do. So he's going to be prone to committing one of those like costly turnovers that could lead to a goal in the back of the net. And that's just not going to be the case with Carlson. He might not be as responsible in his own end, you know, when the other team has the puck, but that's not really the way that Carolina plays. They, they are, they're they not trying to cycle and, you know, generate a, a tap-in right in front of the net. And that's where I would be worried about Carlson. This is more of a series where you want somebody that's going to be able to move the puck out and, you know, go from end to end because it's going to be that kind of series. The puck's going to get thrown a lot. So, you know, the, you're going to be chasing it a lot. And uh, I don't want Marks tall to be skating a lot, but you know, it's Paul Maurice. He's going to do it. And he got to round three doing it. So how much can I really complain about it?
2: Yeah. At this point you ride the Tall train. Like you don't have a choice. I mean, he's probably been one of your worst defensemen, but you're in round three where he's not getting scratched for Lucas Carlson. He's just not,
3: no,
1: no.
2: And I
3: mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's clear he deserves to be scratched I mean I would scratch him for other reasons but we'll not get into that <laughs> but um, just in terms of hockey performance purely I don't I don't know if he's necessarily been like non NHL quality it's more so just like we we discussed that like Dalpy for the fact that he hasn't been like a liability, He's still not really going to give you anything. He's he's just not that kind of player. And maybe Lucas Carlson does. I thought he was pretty good last year. Apparently the organization doesn't agree because he spent almost all year in in Charlotte. Uh but uh, no,
1: it's not that simple.
3: Nope, I disagree it, with that.
1: Yeah, yeah it, and what did he do in Charlotte, DJ? He had a great year of development as a number 1 defenseman and set team records. Had a fantastic season. I don't think it's that the organization doesn't think he was good enough. I think it's that they wanted him to get number one minutes.
3: And they also yeah, have no injuries. That's, that's very wishful thinking, I think. The no injuries thing, I think that makes sense. I mean, when they did have injuries initially, it was a um, friend of the show. It was Matt Kirsten. He, he didn't really have a great year in the AHL, which is kind of funny because I thought that he was pretty. he was noticeably better this season than he was last year. But yeah, um, I don't know if, if round three of the playoffs is going to be the time where Paul Maurice is like, you know what, no, let's go, Lucas Carlson. Maybe if they're down like three one or something, they'll do it. But we'll see.
0: I, I think yeah, when yeah we we get the uh, the Matt Kierstead thing, we, we we're probably going to have to talk about in the the postseason the postseason show <laughs> the uh, <laughs> after you know, the summertime show. But um, yeah, listen, they didn't have any they didn't have any injuries. You're right. The the one time when they had LTIR. And they had an extra player. Matt Kirstead was one of them that was up here. But, again, that was because they knew Matt Kirstead wasn't going to play. Matt Kirstead didn't play. Um, you know, uh, when 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 they first initially put Patrick Hornquist on the LTIR and they didn't have Anthony declare, they weren't playing. They've they played that sixth defensive set, aside for the 10 games that, that Aaron Ekwad missed from game three to 12 or whatever the heck it was, to thirteen. Um, it's been that six. So I don't think it was a punishment to, to, to Lucas Carlson. I think it was, son, you're running things, go get it. And, and for the first time in his life, he really got to go at, get after it and be a number one guy. He got to run the number one power play. He got to do all kinds of stuff he's never really been able to do at the AHL or NHL level. So um, I, I think that bodes well for him moving forward. But yep. this is a playoff show. We'll move on.
3: I, I do want to get to our listener questions at some point, but no, uh, we there's will. one more thing that I want to do uh, in relation to the Toronto series. Um, I don't, I can't remember if this is five on five or if it's just uh, all together. But two Panthers had three primary points. Let me double check if this was five on five or if it was. Yeah, it was five on five. So two two Panthers had three primary points in the series, in the five games. One of them was Matthew Kachuk. Can you guys guess who the other one was?
1: Repeat Sam the question.
3: Benner. Okay, there was three, actually. One one of them was Matthew Kachuk. One of them was Carter Verhage. Who was the other Panther that had three primary points in the Toronto series?
1: Three primary. Just all situations. At five on five. five. Okay.
3: At there five and five, three... sorry. Three.
1: Three 5-on-5 five five primary points at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, Duclair.
3: Bingo. Three primary assists in 81 5-on-5 five five minutes for Anthony Duclair. And you really saw that he he got it going there. I mean, that that power play goal that he scored in Game 3... I think the power play was ending, like, or maybe yeah. it was a few seconds from ending, but it it, 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 it felt just like a five-on-five five
0: goal. And it's one second left. Yeah, that was power play.
2: Yeah, he he was coming on to start a five-on-five five shift, and he just happened to score right as the power play was ending, so that you know still counts. Um, but yeah, no, Duclair, like, it took him a long time to get his feet under him but he finally has them and he is giving you quality minutes on your first line. Like the Panthers have three really good lines right now. And if they're going to have a shot, like if they're going to have a shot at continuing this run, they need these three lines to keep playing the way they're playing. But like when you've got three lines as good as the Panthers have right now, Bob playing as well as he's playing right now, Montour playing as well as he's playing Ekblad, you know, showing that he's not, Like, at the beginning, most of the season, he was a number four to bottom pairing defenseman in terms of what he was giving you. He's been a lot better in these playoffs. Like, you're getting everybody stepping up their game right now. Um, So, yeah, that's how you go on runs like this, is guys step up and the Panthers are getting that all over the ice.
0: Yep, very good.
1: And, by the way, in defense of Mark Stahl, uh, he did score more goals against the Panthers uh than either Austin Matthews or John Tavares. There you go. So
3: that's just facts. Can't <laughs> argue with us. Right.
1: Uh real quick, so we we do have uh we, we did do a bit of a mailbag, so we've got some listener questions, but before we do that, I just want to go around the horn and get serious predictions from everyone and then we'll go into our listener questions. Alex. Um come on. Cats and five. Come on.
3: TJ. Carolina and five. Of course.
1: George.
0: Carolina in six.
3: And I said it
1: last time, last uh, in the game four or game five recap, and I'll say it again. Panthers and six. All right. So That's four one prediction,
2: one prediction only. It's cats different and five, five. Come from on.
1: Four different people.
3: I think there are, there are a variety of outcomes that would not surprise me. E- even like the Panthers winning in four or five wouldn't really surprise me because Carolina like could just have their goalies blow up on them or like they've had a number of games this year where it doesn't matter how many shot attempts they get. They just don't get any quality at all. But I mean, I go back to what I just said, like look at the games against New Jersey, five, one, six, one, six, one. Like these, these are not 50, 50 games. These are games that they controlled and didn't, they didn't just control. They didn't, just dominate, they obliterated
2: the Devils. They are a system team, and they are playing their system yeah. better than anyone in the NHL, and that's scary in the playoffs.
1: The only outcome that would surprise me is Panthers in four. Anything else, I can see happening. I do not think the Panthers will will take the series without a loss. Um, I can see literally anything else happening. And it would make sense. Yeah.
0: All right. All right.
1: So TJ, you're manning the uh, you're manning the questions. So let's uh, let's go to the listeners.
3: Okay. Here um, we go. We already hinted at this, so we'll start with this one. Who, who's this guy? Da- David Lopez. <laughs> I, I don't know who this guy is. I'm sorry. I, but uh, his question is: Will the rest hurt or help Bob?
2: Um. I think it's going to help Bob because if you look at the schedule, it's every other game for seven games. Um, So it's seven games in two weeks. I, you know, the, while the travel isn't nearly as bad, you're not going to Canada, you're not crossing the border. It's Carolina. That's a hour and a half, two hour flight. Playoff hockey is a different animal, even for goalies, even though goalies play the entire game, it's a different animal. There's just so much more stress on the body. So Bob at his age, getting a week off to go into this series where he's going to play all seven games every other night. Yeah. That's, I think that's very beneficial.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I didn't know that was a question. And that's why I asked you earlier, (laughs) earlier in the program, I had the same question. So uh, thank you for answering that
3: query. Well, uh, you're, you're definitely welcome. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send my regards to this David person, even though I don't know who they are. He's an idiot uh, here. There are a couple of similar questions. So I think that we can answer them at the same time. Uh, let me get them up. Exactly. Uh, this is from Daniel Phipps. What would your ideal line matches be against the Canes and who would be the under the radar Panther you think could thrive in the series this is from Jim D and a bunch of numbers. It's four-check versus four-check. Do the Panthers have the patience to wait for their opportunities? So you, I any, think that, anybody want to address – You go ahead, George.
0: Uh, yeah, I think they have the patience for it because they, we've seen them have the patience. The only time that they get away from their game um, is when they're behind. And, and when they start chasing it, uh, you start seeing the results. I believe it was, what, game one in Boston. Uh, they were down three to one in the second period and that third period is the outlier of this entire postseason for Florida. They were chasing it the whole way. They were not for checking there. They were just going at it and, um, all didn't have to do a whole lot. So, um, yeah, I think they've got the patience for it. I, we know Carolina certainly does. So,
1: yeah. Uh, in terms of line matchups, I would say, give me, give me the Bennett line against Jordan stall, uh, and give me the, uh, the Lundell line against Derek Stepan. Uh, nah no, nah, the Stepan line is probably going to be their fourth line, isn't it? I honestly yep. don't know actually, Carolina's
3: lines right now. So, this is the Stahl brothers' bowl, by the way. We didn't acknowledge that. Yeah, the, until the now.
1: Jordan Stahl line has actually gotten the fewest minutes of their of the top four lines by by time on ice. Jordan Stahl has the fewest minutes with uh, with Juriy
0: but I but I do but I do like I do like your your thought there because you want to be able you want guys that are going to put a body on them.
1: Yeah, but you don't you don't happy. want Eric Stahl. the you don't want the Eric Stahl line against. I guess you probably do want the Eric Stall line against uh, Stastny, Stepan, Puljujarvi. But I could see Yarvi absolutely cooking that line. But you also can't. You have to put the Aho line against Barkov. Yes, Just, yep, hand, hands down.
3: Yep, um, agreed. If,
1: if you're going line matching, it's Barkov versus Aho. Uh,
3: mark- See, I don't agree. I do not agree. And really? here's why.
1: You, you put Barkov against Cockney Emmy?
3: Here's the thing. Carolina is a, is a team that utilizes its matchups defensively. They throw Jordan Stahl out on your top players, your top line, and that has been a very effective strategy for them. Last year's playoffs, you know why they – didn't right. win or they didn't win a game on the road but only lost one game at home of the eight that they played it's because they got jordan stall against the top guys on the other team in those eight games
1: that's that's why my instinct was to say bennett versus jordan stall because i think bennett can stand up to jordan stall
3: yeah uh, you're, you're not going to have a good time though like if they lock down Kachuk and then good luck to somebody else to get it going i mean like I said, Duclair had a good series against Toronto. Verhage obviously had a good series, three goals. Matthew Kachuk is the uh, is the guy, though, that throughout this playoffs, throughout this regular season, that they've leaned on to, to drive the bus. Yeah. And so if Carolina can shut him down, which has sort of been their calling card in, in playoffs past, even though maybe their, their success can be questioned in terms of the playoffs. But what they have done well is, throw Jordan Stahl out against the other team's top guy, and then ask the other team's other players to beat them. And that I don't know if if this Panthers team is equipped to do that, but if these guys start playing like they did last year, notably like a Barkov or Duclair or Lundell or Reinhardt, who did have a good series against Toronto, then we're cooking. Then we're talking about something different.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, quick question, George. Matthew Kachuk, he'd got a maintenance day. Um, I mentioned on the last podcast that he looked like he was laboring coming down those stairs in Toronto. How banged up is he is, is is it everyone's keeping their mouth shut right now?
0: I, I don't know. I think if it was something major, he wouldn't have talked to the media like he did. So, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, honestly, when when they don't let people talk, they're hurt. So, got it. There's nothing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh to TJ, know. to answer the other part of your question, uh the underrated X Factor for the Panthers. It's an easy answer. Very, very easy question to answer for me. This is an Etu Lestarn in Revenge series. Uh-huh. Give me Etu as the underrated X Factor. That's my top four. Yeah. I, I, like I think it. that yeah. third line has the potential to crush Carolina.
0: Yeah. Reinhardt's on fire, yeah, and, and and Lundell, Lundell looks like the Lundell we'd we'd hoped for all season. Lundell looks confident, um, strong on his skates, strong up. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the Panthers you
2: know, are going to win this series. They need they need that third line to carry.
3: Yeah, it's funny because that is totally a third line that Rod Brindamore would love to throw out there. Oh, like, that's, a, that's a Carol. That's a Carolina kind of third line right there. Absolutely. So they, really? it's going to be like, you know, they're going to be mirroring each other and it's going to be that, that top line the, of the Panthers, the, the hurricanes are going to think that they have the line that's going to be able to shut it down. And so then I guess it comes down to, you know, a, a, as long as those lines both play to a draw, let's say Aho versus Barkov. And that's a fascinating debate.
1: Mm, the answer is Barkov. Uh <laughs> but yeah, if 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 you're taking my my line matchups especially, and you've got Bennett against Stahl, Barkov against Aho, you've got Lundell, Etu, and Reinhardt versus Jesperi Kakaniemi, Jesper Faust, and Jordan Martinook. I that that would be first of all a very fun line matchup. But second of all, that's a line matchup that the Panthers can win.
3: I, I like those wingers, but like I like E2 and Reinhardt better. Like, sorry, exactly.
1: So, yeah, my 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 dark horse uh, X factor is is Atul We got any more questions? Yeah, I almost yeah, forgot next? that we were doing listener questions because that was no. a pretty long answer. <laughs> well, yeah, it was
0: very it was very informative. I thought. What we got next?
3: Uh, uh, let me pull it up. Jack, you're on the air. This is more of a question for you, George. This is from Adam Cohen. It's a two-part question. Hi, Adam. Having covered this franchise being in F for so long, how does it feel covering this playoff run? And how does covering this run compare to the Blue Jackets playoff run with Bob in 2019? You you were covering the Jackets then, right?
0: No, I was oh, no, not. I only covered I, – yeah, I covered them the year before when they uh, lost to Washington in right, six. So, right, right, right. Um, I was here in 19 um, – that was the the last year of Bob Bugner. Um, although they, the Athletic did send me to Columbus um, for the for that start of the Boston series um, in round two for the for the Blue Jackets. But to, to help out the Blue Jacket guy. But anyway, um, the first question, uh, listen, it's a lot of fun seeing this franchise finally get its, you know, do the right. I mean. Have the consistency that we'd always talked about, right? I mean, uh, I covered this team in 2012. And uh, I covered this team in 2012 when they made the playoffs. When they won the Atlanta, they won the Southeast, and, and and broke that streak of non-playoff games um, seasons. I think it was 12 straight years without the playoffs. And then the next year, they're they're a last. They're, the next year, they're a last place team. Um, then they then they're drafting first, second, whatever it is, and then they get good in 16, and then they tear it apart again. And then they don't make the playoffs for three more years. And I don't – I know Aaron Eckblad counts it, but I don't count 2020 either.
1: I don't either. Although
0: no. I do, I do think if not for COVID, the Panthers would have – they had enough games to make it up. I think the Panthers would have made made the playoffs on their own accord that year. But anywho, they didn't beat the Islanders. They didn't make the playoffs. But now they've made the playoffs three straight times for the first time in franchise history. You're seeing this organization um, – put money into hockey ops. I mean, they've, 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 they, they've got a front office. No, you know, they're, they're not, it's not money being spent just for flashy things. They're doing it for the right things. They're doing it for development. They're doing it for scouting, all that good stuff. Um, this was a franchise that for years and I'm not, and this is before Vinny Viola, but also during, you know, in the early years they went, you know, they had the same people doing the same stuff and now you see more modern you know, the analytics is obviously a big part of the Panthers. But um, it, it's fun seeing that building packed. It's fun seeing the excitement. It's fun seeing people talk about this team. Um, and even though a lot of people, oh, I wish the Heat were losing. because then, No, it, it's fun being in South Florida when you've got two teams playing well at the right time. Um, they're playing every other night. Everybody can enjoy the Heat and can enjoy the Panthers. This is only good for, for both teams. Um, I, I think it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: when basically every single night you can watch a conference finals game featuring your favorite team. Like, how can you beat that? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, you know, and tomorrow, you know, in Wednesday's edition of Florida Hockey Now, you're going to have the, uh, a remnant of the past. I talk about, you know, the problems the Florida Panthers have had in Raleigh over the years. And for, oh, God, for, you know, yeah, you look at that, you know, when I started covering this team in 2005, um, they couldn't buy a win in Carolina. And the weirdest awesome. things have the weirdest things have happened there. And, you know, the picture that I'm using um, of Gerard Gallant. I mean, it, it's just been a house of horrors for the Panthers. And and nobody there remembers it except for Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl remembers those years because he was part of it. <laughs> um, but. You know, it just going through some of that stuff. It was like, my goodness, the Panthers were just such a such a disaster. For I mean, it was just, yeah, they, you know, and people wonder why are the Panthers at the, you know, why, why don't people in South Florida because of years of decades like that? I mean, they were just you couldn't fool you can't fool people with, with a lot of the stuff they did. But that was a long time ago. And then the Panthers always get mad at me when I bring this stuff up, but but it's, <laughs> you got to remember where you came from, right? I mean, I'm not saying that's how it is now. It's not like that now, um, but it was.
1: You gave me something to be optimistic about just now, George. Uh, and oddly enough, it stems from the the struggles that the Panthers have had in Raleigh. Uh, because until very recently, you could have done the same thing about the struggles that the Panthers had in Toronto.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Panthers have not done very well in Toronto. In yeah. fact, before that overtime win um, that saved their season, the last time they won was the Mark Fizik hat trick, and that yeah. was what? 2020, right before the pandemic. So yep. the Panthers had not played well in Toronto. They hadn't played well. But well, Boston, you know, they, they, you know, they've won a few big ones there, but they've lost more than they've won in Boston too. So this is a very good road team. Yeah. <laughs> As we have seen in this postseason, uh, nothing seems to bother him. And, and none of them. I mean, even even Paul Maurice was like, "Yeah, I don't remember that," and I was like, "Yeah, that's right. You weren't the coach then." So,
1: <laughs> yeah, if, it if doesn't really years, It was Rod
0: Marinamar remembers that stuff. Yeah, yeah, thirteen straight. 13 it was
1: thirteen straight, straight losses in Toronto. Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: oh, 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 I'm I'm sorry. I was thinking Carolina because I oh yeah the story. yeah.
1: I yeah. Yeah. If memory serves, it was nine straight losses in Toronto uh, up until this season. Uh, So that's taken uh, out of
0: here,
1: right?
2: (laughs) Just the the Carolina stuff. Like I had honestly like recessed it in the back of my mind. Just the amount of horror shows. Like you're talking about that 12 year playoff drought. Like how many times would the Panthers like do one of those miracle post uh, deadline runs? where they you know they win like 7 straight and then it comes down to a game against Carolina either at home or in Carolina and every single time Carolina would just destroy the Panthers soul and the, like in the most strange way like pucks off shins knuckle pucks that like elude goalies that had no business going in Eric Stall diving in the most hilarious fashion even though he denies it um, like just the craziest shit that could ever go wrong, and it always happened against Carolina, especially in Carolina. And now you're playing them in the playoffs to go to the Cup Finals. Like, oh boy, I'm 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 going to get a lot of usage out of the diving gifts this series.
0: I, You know, I, I was speaking with, with Eric yesterday about it. He goes, hey, you're the one that brought up the, uh, the Eddie <laughs> Belfort thing at the beginning of training camp. I'm like, yeah, hey, man, I've been here a while, man. <laughs> Nobody else remembers this stuff. I mean, it's just – Dwork know. did.
2: I think Dwork – it was you, me, and Dwork were the only okay, ones. Remember. Right. Not that all I was right, there right. at the David did, at right. training camp, but the three of us, when he was signed, like, we talked about it, and I was just like, yeah. he dove. And then he denied it, and he lied. We all know you lied, Eric.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, was, he always smiles about it. That was – yeah, so and, and, and going back to and I hate to hijack this thing with uh this day in Panther history. Uh ah, Atlanta. Times. Atlanta. They, they they couldn't win in Atlanta. The weirdest stuff happened in Atlanta. You had the uh Keith Ballard stick and <laughs> you know, the, the 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 day that the Panthers lose a tiebreaker to Montreal was in Atlanta. I mean, just
3: you know, go thrashers. I do want to mention on the subject of Carolina struggling in Carolina the last goalie that the Panthers actually beat in carolina was Alex Lyon who played in that game last year that Interesting Panthers dominated I think that and I think they only came ahead in overtime I think yeah I think that they had like a 40 to 25 shot advantage but only won in overtime cuz Lyon was good But anyway I I just you know I just I get you know and I know I'm going to
0: you know get get some kind of comment from the Panthers about you know going back in history but it's always it's fun. It's a fun little story for, for the old timers.
2: They'll survive.
1: Uh so the last the last question we've got uh from our mailbag is uh our buddy Drew, uh who would like to know. This is probably the most important question we got, actually. Uh definitely the most impactful to us personally. Uh how many wings will we eat at the infield if the Panthers win the cup? Drew, all of them.
2: I was going to say all of
1: them. I was
2: going to say all of them. <laughs> I was going to quote Ron Schwanson, bring me all the bacon and eggs you have. I think you misheard me. I don't want a lot of bacon and eggs. I want all of the bacon and eggs. I'm going to want all of the wings. All of them.
1: The 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 Gary Oldman gif where he's just going,
0: everyone.
1: Yeah, that that's going to be me at the infield ordering wings when they ask me who I want to buy
3: wings for. There you go. I, I, I will need to do like a, a like a ratio, like a proportioning. It's like how many wings do I have to eat in order to prevent alcohol poisoning? <laughs>
1: All of them. <laughs> there you go. I, I,
3: I'll,
2: I'll, 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 I'll say this on the podcast. If the Panthers win the cup and we have a infield celebration, if you come up to me and mention this episode, I will buy you 10 wings. Same. Hey.
0: You heard it, folks. Clip out that coupon. <laughs> there you go. Use
1: Make promo code. Own. Use promo code. Hey, didn't you guys say you'd buy me wings at the infield if the Panthers won the cup to get us to buy you wings at the infield if the Panthers win the cup? <laughs> one,
3: one, one order. One order. For the day that one the, order per person, please.
1: Limit limit one order per person.
3: <laughs> the, the night that the Panthers win the cup, I will be legally changing my name to bender bending rodriguez i think
1: you should change it to tj paul maurice peterson
3: i'm good on tj never should never should trade
2: uh radko gudas peterson
1: yeah yeah we need to we need to have a talk about that but that's for a that's for a later episode so george uh do your thing plug plug uh everything
0: all right come on over to FloridaHockeyNow.com. check out uh listen Everybody's coming out of the woodwork now, aren't they? I mean you got uh, Florida Panther coverage from all over the place. All the national folks are coming into town. but the best coverage of the panthers Floridahockeynow.com you know it. everybody everybody knows it. Uh, we got tons of content, tons tons of stuff. everybody we're getting stuff nobody else is getting. Um, you know the Eric Stahl stuff from, 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 from Tuesday, um, talking to you know Ryan Lomberg on Monday. So, um, coming over dot floridahockeynow.com, visit us at, at George Richards, and don't forget to visit the Florida Hockey Now YouTube channel where uh, you guys really like them videos, you guys are <laughs> digging the videos, and I appreciate it. Thank you for checking them out. And uh, I know you can, some of you can't hear them, but you know, I can't do anything about it, so they are.
1: Uh, where are they rating five stars? I'm gonna say, uh, radius, five stars at Phillips arena in Atlanta, where the thrashers play golf uh,
2: arena,
0: baby
1: blue
2: land <laughs> is five stars and whatever golf course the Leafs are playing on. Cause they've been eliminated.
1: Mm. Oh, that was a beautiful picture that, that came out literally the day after that series ended of, uh, Marner, Matthews, and one of their other teammates out on the course. Big smiles all around, as if they didn't just get eliminated from the playoffs.
3: Probably an old mm-hmm. picture. It, it might be, be but I'm, I'm going to pretend it wasn't. I'm going to say rate us five stars at a uh, cookout,
1: mm. North Carolina. Yeah,
3: in Raleigh, they've got a. Uh, I think it's called Char Grill. It's uh, it's even better than cookout. Ooh, yeah that that uh, North Carolina area barbecue. Yeah,
0: that's good stuff
3: definitely have to uh, recommend all of the fine establishments. Yep.
0: Carolina. Carolina's got it going on, kids. A little wine soda. Mm. Never been. Good stuff.
1: So with that, we will uh we'll see you for our our uh, our our game 1 recap after game 1 on Thursday. Uh final thoughts? That's in 5. Heat in
0: 5 also. There you go. Go Heat. Go Heat. Happy and trails. Happy trails boys.
1: Go Panthers.